and welcome to Stationary Jason, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford, joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, how was your week this week? Uh, it's been a great week, thank you. I've been superhuman, massively productive, uh, loved it. Um, the downside of that is it's all because I screwed up with my deadlines and I am under the hammer. But hey, it's it's character building. What about you? How's your week been? Oh, pretty busy as well. Um, not of my doing, but just some deadlines. So they're past. I'm hoping I can even take a day off work tomorrow. <gasps> Don't tell anybody. I, I'm still hoping to get my summer vacation at some point. It's been like that for the last several months, but uh, it's going well. Justin, Justin, you are in North America. There will be plenty of time for a summer vacation in 2074. You know how it works out here cultural differences all right big question though how's charlie doing how's charlie charlie is much improved thank you very much uh he um he's still got a, an infection i think um but the the antibiotics are are winning um so once the sort of infection took root i could actually feel the heat coming off his flank um Ooh. which is which is you know it was it was quite swollen it was a bit sore to the touch and um yeah like i say it's like a little oven but that's cooled down quite a lot it's not as swollen as it was he's um you know back to being himself um he's in in better form and all i have to do really is ensure that he eats because if he doesn't eat then he won't take his meds or his meds <clears throat> shall we say bounce uh so he's currently enjoying um some some gourmet chicken uh with his with his drive which spice enjoys as well she's very pleased with the whole thing um, so once I do get him right, I'm going to face a battle getting those two used to eating plain old dog food again, but, uh, no, he's, he's going to be fine. I think so much relief in the Lennon household. If you need any help, um, with fussy eaters, let me know because I'm the guy that has to sit down and hand feed Coco. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the guy that, um, deals with this by saying that's all you're getting. Don't want to eat it. Cool. I'll take it away and repeat. For as many days as it takes until the dog goes, I'm going to eat. Just because dogs won't starve themselves. Oh, Coco will. Yeah. So Coco's, <laughs> Coco's problem. Okay, you got to remember, a long-haired puppy. Uh -huh. um, if she doesn't eat for a day, she barfs. If she barfs, she barfs all down herself. Bile. <laughs> and sleeping next to her, all you could smell all night long is barf. <laughs> so the uh... the feeding the dog is not about the dog it's about <laughs> me not sleeping with next oh. to a pile of sick man up twyford i've slept next to many rugby players full of puke don't, don't worry you'll be fine mm. you gotta win the battle it's probably too late now with, with coco and furnace that dog is the most stubborn one ever but i'm glad charlie is feeling better we uh, all send him love and hugs from from our house splendid thank you very much Good. So what else is new? I, I, I see some notes here I want to uh, Oh, yep. find yeah, follow-up notes. Oh, yeah, I've got loads of those. Um, the kilt, uh, it has arrived. Um, it's very blue. Um, it's very bright. It's not my tartan, but hey, what can you do? Um, it's This is the sport kilt that we spoke about last week. So it's not actually made of wool. It's made of lightweight material. And it's uh, it's very much a dress-down kilt. So it's got sort of Velcro attachments. Um it's, uh, you wear it a little bit lower for the kilt aficionados amongst you. Uh, but it's very lightweight. Um, I'm looking forward to taking the dogs out for a walk uh, in it. And that's what I want it for, really, is hiking. 
and also a week today as we record is St Andrew's Day, which if you're Scot, uh, that St Andrew is the patron, patron saint of Scotland. Uh, and I'm playing in a St Andrew's golf event. So I will, of course, be wearing my sport kilt. Um, Got to say, um, I sort of looked at the way that their sizing and everything. I wanted uh, a size that was available in one kilt that wasn't available in the kilt that I quite wanted. So I sent them an email uh, and they were brilliant. So they actually custom made the kilt for me to my specifications. Um, they're really friendly, really fast. Uh, didn't charge me any extra for that. And yeah, it, it arrived in a matter of moments. And I don't know how they did it, but it completely flew through customs. Customs went, I don't know what that is. Go away. Uh, so I didn't have to pay any customs on that either, which was absolutely fabulous from my point of view. Either that or uh, Costas or whoever was looking at working the customs line that Googled what the sport kilt. Oh, no. If the guy's wearing this, he doesn't need any more humiliation from charges. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, what, what I do know is that, you know, um, I I had to pay the duty on um, some, some bits of paper that I've got coming from the UK. I had to prepay the duty. I still don't have the bits of paper. Um, and it was a much lower value than the sport kilt. The sport kilt came free. Go figure. Welcome to customs. Yeah, that's the way it works, I guess. It's about um, as random as up here. <laughs> uh, the other one, oh, Kiprula. Uh, she's still going. I've had no more problems with her. Touching wood, he said. Um, ah, the Vanos wit worked. Uh, yes, exactly. The, the, the Vanos now. So a new engine, a new Vanos. I think it's only a matter of time before she takes over the world. Um, Using a friend uh, who sort of uh, is a fully qualified mechanic, but works as a recovery driver during the day, um, he charged me 220 euros, which is probably about, uh, well, it's pretty similar in dollars, probably 240 or something US dollars. Um, and that includes parts, labor, and he provided me with a car for a week. <laughs> what a deal. I can't even get an oil change for that. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's certainly less than one tire for the BMW, that's for sure. Though, uh, to be honest, on my truck, um, the reason that uh, I think it's $350 for an oil change is uh, it takes 13 liters of oil, Stu. <laughs> oh, you eco-warrior, you. Yes, one man killing the environment all on my own. <laughs> 6.7 liter di diesel, you know, it's, yeah, anyway. Oh dear. Um, and the other one I had for you, last one for my little bit of follow-up, was um, I had a chat with, or oh, was having an email chat with Lisa. Uh, Lisa, number one listener, Lisa. I think we can call her number one listener. Um, talking about um, sort of time uh, management and to-do lists and, you know, that type of thing that you and I often get involved in. I'm reading a book at the moment called Time Surfing. I don't know if you've come across it by a guy called Paul Lumens. Um, no, I'm just looking at it now, actually. Well, I mean, it, it, he's uh, he's he's a monk, so there's definitely some sort of you know crossover there with a with a certain Canadian uh, on this call, um, and he's got uh, he's got an interesting approach. I'm not saying I'm buying into it, but I'm really enjoying reading it. So, time surfing, check that out, guys. You'll like it. A monk that's surfing. Of course, there you go. Ha! Huh. All right, I will have to look into that a little further. I'll. Maybe read the Kindle um, free chapter they give you or something, see if it's any good. Uh -huh. All right, what's your tool of the week? Uh, tool of the week. Well, as previously hinted 
or trailed, as they say in the biz, um, focus. Um, been really, really busy this week, mostly because uh, my MBA has a paper due on Sunday um, on strategic management, uh, a module that I, I've got to admit I've found it really boring. Um, the professor is French, and uh, there's a marked difference in his approach to the MBA uh, as opposed to everyone else's. So to give you an idea, he has provided a template for the assessment answer, including titles. Uh, and he said, don't change titles. What? You're not going to get any marks for changing the titles. You're just going to annoy me. Don't change the titles. So I have no idea if this is indicative of, of, of how French sort of tertiary education works, because I've never done any French tertiary education. But this is much more directed than anything else I've done in the MBA. And I'm really bad at taking directions. Just ask my wife. So um, I've really not enjoyed this and I really didn't want to write the paper. So, you know, he said, okay, um, I want you to consider three strategies that might work um, for your business. Then I want you to select, uh, sorry, th three strategies and write X hundred words on each. Then, um, Select a strategy that you think is best and give me um, a rationale uh, for, for X hundred words. Then give me a literature review on that strategy for X hundred words. Uh, and then blah, 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 blah. It's extremely directive, um, which I just loathe. <laughs> it's just not, I don't write anything that way. But anyway, uh, I've done it now. Oh, I'm impressed. I would have still been fighting that till Saturday evening. Sunday morning, perhaps. This is where the, the rest of it comes in. So I, like you, I sort of looked at my calendar. I thought, okay, so I can do a slot here, a slot there. A slot. I, I did the whole uh, Cal Newport thing. So I broke down the paper into small parts and said, okay, I've got to do that. I've got to do this. I've got to read that, read that, post this. Blah. Uh, came up with all the little sort of tiny tasks that I needed to complete to make the big task happen. Um, worked out, sat with my calendar, thought, okay, I'll, I'll look where to put them and i thought oh well while i'm here i better have a look at the rest of the year and you know with with christmas coming and all that stuff you know where am i what am i doing because uh, i know that um at the end of january um i've got to get my dissertation in and stuff um and the first thing that i came across was that in fact the end of january is the 9th of january oh that changes things doesn't it and that's quite a long way from the end of january um quite how i got that wrong i don't know um I think maybe January 24, and I sort of assumed that the year was the day. Oh, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so given that right now I have zero words, and on the 9th of January I need 15,000 fairly coherent ones, that's, um, oh, yeah, maybe I should uh, just speed up a little bit on my strategic management and get started on my dissertation. So, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been very focused. Um, I think I came close to my first ever panic attack. <laughs> I went, okay, okay, there's a lot of stuff I have to do. Oh, I've got a lot on because there's other things that, you know, obligations I have for the businesses and stuff. And I thought, oh, no, this is, this is going to overwhelm me. And, well, you know, who'd have thunk it? But sitting down with a piece of paper and a pen, working it through, working out what needs to be done, what are real priorities, what are invented priorities. Um, and, you know, within probably an hour, I had a pretty good idea of what I could do, how I could do it. Um, and ultimately, 
a deadline like that just makes you focus and it makes you look at things and say, okay, do I need to play golf next week? No, I don't. I can use that time to do the reading for this section or the writing for that, say, or, you know, whatever. Um, I just get really, really focused. And um, everybody who works will have come across this. I know Justin has come across this, but when you're really busy, you suddenly get more productive. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, I, I've got sort of, you know, two big things that I need to get done in my day, but suddenly I get 36 small things done as well, just because your mind, I think, flicks into that mode. Uh, so, yeah, that focus. And I've I've got tons of stuff done, which I'm uh, really pleased about because, look, I have a retail business. Um, it may not have escaped people that tomorrow, as we record, last week, as you listen, uh, potentially, um, was was Black Friday. Uh, and then I think the small business Saturday, uh, and then there's Sunday and Manic Monday, no, Cyber Monday, um, uh, uh, Tinkly Pinkly Tuesday. Uh, it's, it's big for retail. Um, the U.S. has, has uh, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody in the U.S. Um, and uh, the world then goes mad for retail. That's basically what happens. So it's really, really busy at Nero's. Uh, I've got new clients on the books for um, the consultancy business. and. You know, new clients are demanding, demanding people. They expect you to speak to them and produce things for them and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm in a complete firestorm of work and having nearly had my panic attack, loving every second of it. Really enjoying it. Wow, that's great. Uh, you'll you'll focus down. You'll you'll enjoy it. You know, if there's something, I hate to say it, if, if you get into that point of been so busy, that you just do it yep there's a bit of an adrenaline rush that comes with it absolutely it's very easy to get into that as a habit um my weirdly enough uh Stu and i were having our moment of uh, complaining about life before we actually started recording but um i had a very similar week accumulation of a bunch of week i did not leave the house this week at all lots of work to do deadlines uh, i was working on the weekend um and now, now we had a major deadline that we finished on Tuesday. So now it's catch up with all the other stuff. Um, you just have to knuckle down and do it. But what I wanted to bring up, and I think it's important here for Stu, uh, just remember your to-do app. Because when things hit the fan, um, having visibility into your key date-driven tasks is really important to avoid missing things because what I find is the big thing that I'm working on becomes all encompassing and everything else gets pushed off the side of the desk. It's very easy to miss things. If you have a system where you've got your key things that you need to do in there, some sort of to do type app, um, really, really, really important to stay on top of it. Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, for me, definitely shows. I'm just looking now at my my task manager. A small problem is that I haven't put anything about the MBA in the task manager. I keep that somewhere separate, which clearly is a mistake. Um, but the other thing I would say is I really dislike the view. Uh, so I use things, as people might remember. And I'm looking now at the upcoming view, uh, which... Uh, Justin can do in 17,000 different ways with 46 million uh, keystroke shortcuts because he's got, 
you know, all sorts of what, what, what do they call them? Is it focuses or perspectives in in OmniFocus perspectives, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and you can sort of generate these these special views in things. It's it's a bit more limited, and so I'm looking at um, upcoming, and I, I guess my impression now, just looking at it, is, oh look, um, important things kind of get a bit buried with unimportant things so um the calendar and the the app work together so i've got my calendar things have come across um but in amongst that i will have things like change the fridge filter um which you know it's important i want to do that um check the water softener yeah all this sort of sort of stuff tax returns blah blah, blah. um but they're, they're all in a sort of scrolling list and there's nothing there. What I what I need is something there shouting at me saying, uh, you really need to do your MBA um, dissertation. So uh, definitely an input problem from my side, but also possibly an excuse to go looking at different task managers, but not until I've finished my dissertation. I was going to say, now is not the time, Steve. <laughs> now, now is the time to start typing. Well, you know how it is. I've got this huge plan now to reorganize my office. <laughs> I keep saying... No, Stuart, finish dissertation, and then you can muck about with your office. Because all I'll do is I'll move the exact same furniture around again, um, almost certainly back to a to a, a place where it was at some point in the past anyway. Rearranging oh, the chairs on, the deck chairs on the Titanic, is that the saying? Yes. Yes, I believe that might be the saying, yes. Um, yeah, just when we're talking about task managers, one of the things I do um, is I have, weirdly, um, Again, I'm, I'm using OmniFocus so I can filter by it, but I have everything, including my work and personal, all in my task manager, um, which is a decision that I, I made not lightly. Um, I don't like it in some ways because it's cluttered, but in the other way, what it does is it's my, it's your one inbox, right? Yeah. Because you have to do things for life and you have to do things for work. And all of those need to be in one place to be that David Allen's trusted system. Um, and I think that's, you know, as you said, probably part of the reason you got caught on this MBA is you haven't got things stuck in here with your, you know, your deferred deadlines and uh, everything. Sure. In there. Um, and I think also a bit of willful blindness, if I was going to be completely honest. I've probably just been shutting it out, I would say. Can't say I blame you for that. I mean, geez. That uh, essay that you're doing for this weekend sounds horrible. <laughs> it's done now. Submitted. I can't. I can't change it. It's gone. All right. So uh, in the new year, we'll hear uh, after January the 9th, we'll hear Stu talking about his new changes to his uh, task management system. <laughs> Almost certainly from a completely different shaped office. <clears throat> of course. All right. Crazy stuff. Um, what you writing with? Are you writing with anything, or are you just typing away? Oh no, no, lots of writing. Uh, this is this is um, that sort of near panic attack, and this we should probably have a chat about this uh, some other time. But that prompted a, a really hard look at uh, some of my, shall we call them productivity routines, rituals, whatever, uh, and really kickstarted a load of analog things that I'd let slip. Um, and it's partly, I think, while I'm while I'm feeling uh, so sort of switched on. So. Uh, We'll save that. We'll put a pin in that for another time. We'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, I'm now, uh, my 
the bigger Pelican that I was using, the uh, Blue Dunes, that emptied. So that's been washed. You'll be delighted to see it. And replaced with a Mont Blanc. Um, a, it's the Rouge Noir Héritage, which is a lovely fountain pen. It's a sort of nod back to the origins. Uh, it's very skinny. Um, I think it's probably more of a ladies' pen, um, or was thought of that way. But we do not gender pens anymore, Stu. We do not gender pens. I know we don't, but it's heritage, heritage, heritage. That's what that means. So I think it was intended when it was first released. Uh, but I generally don't like skinny pens, but I really like this one. Um, and it's got a one point one stub on it that I had Mont Blanc do for me. Christ. The nib is wider than the pen itself. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Um, and it's filled with um, a very nice pilot ink, uh, Hiroshi Zuku. And then I haven't, I don't think, written down the name of it, but it's the uh, Mirosaki Blower. It's Japanese blueberry or words, like beauty berry, I think it is. Uh, it's a purple. Beautiful. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, and I've still got the other two Pelicans going, the M600, which is the vibrant orange, and the M205, which is the ruby. Although I think the ruby is about to empty, so I'll be uh, I'll be inking up another pen, if not tomorrow, then on Saturday. What about you? What have you been using? Isn't it weird how sometimes we end up at the same thing? Um, so this week, uh, unbeknownst to me what Stu was writing with, uh, I also went and picked up a Mont Blanc as well. Uh, I actually picked up a couple of them, and I was going to ink one of them. Um, but I realized that my 147, which is the Traveler version, that's the it's the size of the 146, mostly, uh, with a cartridge converter system in it. Um, and it's because it's cartridge converter, uh, let me rephrase that. It is just pure cartridge. It's not even cartridge converter. It is just a pure cartridge in there. And because it is cartridge, um, I don't clean it out when I mm -hmm. don't use it. It just kind of lies in my, in my spot. I've got a, a cabinet under my desk drawer that I pull out and I've got spaces for all my nice pens. Uh, and I just picked it up and started writing with it. And I haven't used it in a month or so. And it just wrote right off the bat, just beautifully. So uh, I still have the other 146 on my desk to ink up. But I just started using this and really, really love it. Um, you know, Mont Blanc, they're expensive. They're, they're kind of, um, well, they don't fit the... Uh, rural life as much as perhaps other things that one might own but uh they just work so well mm -hmm. lovely lovely pens so yes that's what i've been using absolutely all right um so we're going to talk about stationery um well Stu is because he runs a stationery company <laughs> now we're we kind of wanted to think about what kind of kit should we buy or more importantly have bought for us for this winter fest um my question Stu, is new kit what's that <laughs> uh well kit um, i suppose it's, it's slightly anglophonic isn't it it's um uh kit you have football kit so those are the clothes that you wear when you're playing football um you have golf kit which is the things that you use when you're playing golf including a skirt uh, well, in my case, yes. Although I think generally we prefer kilt to skirt, but I, I'll, I'll accept it. Um, but yeah, kit is is stuff effectively. So um, you know, for 
great outdoorsman like you, it's it's all sorts of flashlights and knives and um, bear sprays and you know all of that sort of jazz that I would have no idea what it's for. You should see my new little uh, axe that I just got. You know how screwed up is it? I've I've got a new little hatchet uh, for uh, prepping and uh, processing wood for firewood. It's like, oh my god, who would have thought I ever would a know how to use an axe without killing myself? <laughs> but having this little, and I just like, oh, it's great. Anyway, yes, yeah, Stuart's <laughs> right. That's kid. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, and you know, I think the reality is, few pieces of kit are needed much is desired um and what you might call or what in the military they used to call gucci kit um is uh if you take say special forces guys they have a tendency to swap out their the the standard military issue for you know designer stuff for boots for uh, even for socks so they get the very best hike and you know why wouldn't they they're they, you know they're doing extraordinary things but um, yeah, Gucci kit is a phrase that you hear thrown about in the military quite a lot. And it means somebody who's gone out and bought, you know, the best of the best, whether that be the best of the best knife or sock or flashlight or whatever it might be. Ah, so I have a lot of Gucci kit. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I'm going to guess, Justin, not having seen uh, your garage, but um, I, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say you're probably underinsured in that. <laughs> I have a large, large double garage. Uh, you know what it doesn't have in it? Cars. A cars. Yeah, yeah. That's the modern world, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I do have three motorbikes in there, so, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I have everything but. So, kit is a good topic for this week. Mm -hmm. It's Black Friday this week, uh, which means this entire week, everything in the world is on sale. Yeah, it's unsubscribe week, isn't it? Well, until this morning, uh, it's Thursday morning when we're recording this. It is Thanksgiving in America. And I went to my email and had to like refresh because what? I didn't get any emails. Oh, all the Americans are closed. Um, yes. The world closed down today. Uh, tomorrow, uh -huh. it'll be back on in full force. Uh, but yes, everything is like a pre-Black Friday sale because nobody wants to do it just on Fridays anymore. Mm. Some killer, killer deals though. Killer deals. <laughs> yes, go and spend $500 to save yourself $400 that you wouldn't have spent anyway. But yeah. I've been eyeing up, to give you an idea how silly Black Friday is, I've been eyeing up an auxiliary battery pack for my camper. Um, this is, well, basically it's a battery block that will power electronics. It will power coffee makers. Um, it's a big sucker. It's 2000 Watts. So I can even technically run my air conditioner on it for a short amount of time. Um, but shorter days basically mean that in my camper, there is less solar power for charging my batteries. So if I'm sitting in the evening, um, the generator could be loud and disturbing in the places I like to go. Um, so I've been eyeing a couple of things, including this uh, $1,500 unit. Um, and it was on sale. And it was on one of those silly sales that, well, take $700 off and then take an extra 10% off. So I got a $1,500 unit for less than $650 with the combination of uh, this company's sale and this retailer's sale and 
everything else. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, so, you know, at that price, I, like Stu, couldn't afford to let it go by without buying it. Um, <laughs> but I'm surprised that there is not much else I need, um, which is really not something I ever say. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, but yes, I think it's a good time to kind of look and say, what kit should we buy and do we need? Um, <laughs> we're also we're also having this uh, this big weekend because it's uh, American Thanksgiving. It is light up this weekend, which Ooh. is a huge adventure in our small town. The whole town is decked out in lights. Well, the downtown core. The neighborhoods are all very, very uh, lighty up here. There's uh, an, an entire tour you can go on, drive around the town with people giving out candies and uh, things like that. Shuttle buses and everything from, from off uh, out-of-town parking. And I was very impressed with the organization it, of it all. It is absolutely crazy. It's a big deal. Um, it's called Light Up. Uh, do you guys have anything like that, Stu? Hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> look, Cyprus, um, when I first was coming to Cyprus, I suppose in the 1980s, um, that, that's a long time ago for younger listeners, um, you wouldn't really notice that it was Christmas. Um, in the Greek Orthodox religion, Christmas is a sort of secondary festival. Um, Easter's a much bigger deal. But there's a lot of Cypriots who've... Uh, who've emigrated to the States, to the UK, to Canada, it's everywhere. And uh, they sort of bring back their tradition. So we're beginning to see things. This year we've got um, uh, Christmas villages, which is I think about five or six villages up in the mountains. Um, that It's Christmas villages, but then, you know, I mean, right now it's 22 degrees uh, during the day up here at 500 metres. It's probably still 15, 16 degrees up at the top. Um, and so... It's not very Christmassy, really, if you associate Christmas with with winter, which I guess we do in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and it tends to be little, you know, wooden sort of shack, sort of German market style stuff. And you know, would you like some some really bad wine that we've warmed up and thrown some spices in? No, not particularly. Thank you. Um, or you know, would you like a Santa Claus made out of plastic in some small village in China? You know, no, not particularly. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose the closest thing for us is Limassol, which is my my sort of city down the road. Uh, we have a two-week carnival um, uh, around, well, Mardi Gras, uh, which is sort of warm up to Easter, which is where it originally comes from. Uh, and that's mad. I mean, the Limassol or Limassolians go nuts for it. They basically party for two weeks. Fabulous. Oh, sounds like my kind of party. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Mrs. Uh, T has uh, come up with this. Oh boy. How do I, how do I bring this up in a podcast that you might listen to? Uh, Mrs. T announced we're having Christmas lights this year. Yeah. And I said, no, she said, I'll take care of them. Oh dear. You know what that means? I mean, you're taking care of them for a start. That's exactly what's happening tomorrow. <laughs> Under great protest and great expense on her part, uh, we are apparently putting out Christmas lights for our rural area that nobody drives past. Think about mm -hmm. this. Uh, basically for our neighbors across the street to look at. Like, why? And I'm paying for electricity on this and 
just not happy by this whole thing. But so tomorrow, if I take the day off work or if Saturday, if I don't, I will be up on the roof trying to install Christmas lights. Sherry Chase, you got nothing on me, mate. <laughs> well, I won't be going on any roofs, but um, we have a very large balcony that runs all the way along across the front of the house. Uh, and it is essential that we have a sort of waterfall of, of Christmas lights down off the balcony sort of fence hanging down so it looks like uh icicles i guess um the fact that it's 20 degrees and the sun is cracking the flags doesn't bother my wife a jot uh in fairness it does get quite cool at night so uh once the sun goes down it looks really really good to the two people on the planet that can see it um <laughs> it's about like ours but and uh along with that of course i will need to get the, the plastic tree from the loft it will come down from its place in the loft uh, hang all the, you know, la, 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 all that jazz. Um, and this in Margaret's world, Margaret has an extremely gendered world and this is a blue job. So in our, in our, in our lives here, we have blue jobs and pink jobs and the blue job is Christmas tree, decorate Christmas tree, all of the lights, all of that blue job. Um, why that's a blue job, I have no idea. I, I have not signed up to this. I have never said this is a good idea. I also have absolutely no option. So there we are. I will be doing something similar. I'm having to schedule it into my, uh, sorry, darling, I have an awful lot of writing to do. Um, I just get that look. Well, you've got time to play golf. You've got time to sleep. You've got time to have showers. Surely you have time to put up the Christmas decorations. Yes, dear. Oh, I was getting a uh, heck this week because, well, I pre previously mentioned comment. I've had a busy week. By the time I finish work, there is oof, a total of about half an hour of dusk left before it starts, which is not the time to be getting up onto a roof. No. no. Uh, but because we got light up this weekend, I've been getting well pressure to do this what has now become i would call this a purple job Stu. it started as a pink job and quickly went over to the blue job the worst of all worlds you are now working under supervision that's basically what you're saying oh god it's brutal anyway um so yes <laughs> if uh, if i'm here next week you'll know i survived my trip up on the icy roof in winter what could possibly go wrong Stu? A braver man than I, Justin. A braver man than I. Anyway, let's get back on subject. What, what? Buying, buying, buying. I've got some ideas of stuff we can buy. I threw some in as well, but uh, let's let's bring this back a little more stationary. Well, at least stationary adjacent. Boom! Oh, look at that. Basil brush. Boom, boom. That's it, basil brush. Uh, and a style icon. Um, all right, okay, well, I'll start. Uh, uh, maybe I'll do one of them, throw, throw it to you. So the first one, uh, which has been prompted by uh, the email campaign that's been peppering my uh, my email inbox, the one thing I would say, uh, pertinent to a comment you made earlier, this is the only person I know who has sent out emails saying Black Friday deals on Black Friday, and he started sending them on Monday. <laughs> I, I don't know whether that's um, to sort of, you know, generates uh some sort of anticipation or something i have no idea because i i actually as you as you suggested i just assumed that it meant okay we're doing it for a whole week and i thought well, i'll go and have a look because i quite like this this website and um i'll, I'll go and have a look to see if there's uh, anything there i want and no 
There's lots of things there I want, but if I buy them now, I'll be paying 20% more than I would be if I bought them on Friday. Oh, though it does look like a lot of stuff is on sale, just saying. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean... Oh, it, it, Christ it, almighty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Gather Productivity Kit. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. Agmont, we've we've talked about it. Um, the Gather Productivity Kit in black and walnut is currently on sale for one thousand sixty nine dollars. Yeah, I mean, if you go um, top end of okay, Ugmonk.com, All right, Ugmonk is other people who produce uh, analog, which you would have heard Justin and I talk about this little sort of paper productivity system, um, and they also produce. Uh, a series of nice desky things, workspacey things. Uh, it's a guy called Jeff Sheldon. He's a designer. Um, he he writes beautifully too. Um, does great photography, and it's very designed. Think studio neat. That sort of stuff. Um, Gather is his uh, collection for dressing your desk if you like so you have a shelving system that you put your monitor on top of that has little drawers you can have little um containers you can have places to put your pens all sorts it's a modular system you can put your phone holder in there you can have a charger all sorts of good jazz the sort of thing that anybody that likes stationery and i'm prepared to to go to bat on this will look at that and go oh yeah i like that because it's stuff that matches and you can move around. It's a collection. It presses all sorts of buttons until you get to wise old men like Justin and I go, how much? Um, he he does price things ambitiously, I'm going to say. So uh, analog, for example, which Justin and I both use, I mean, there's a lot of margin in analog, trust me. Um, but there's great stuff. that You've got analog, which Justin and I both swear by. Uh, there's analog weekly. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, Justin. I have. I've I've kind of held off because this is very similar to what I do in my Leuchter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went as far as having it priced up and in my cart. And I just went, you know what? My my $20 A5 um, and three minutes of drawing lines on it once a week mm-hmm. um, is a whole lot more cost effective. I was actually quite proud of myself for um, not just jumping in with both feet because i'm considering getting you medical help to be honest i mean this is this is most unlike you uh, well i was going to get the complete gather collection on sale for only 1249 dollars <laughs> yeah exactly i mean there's really nice stuff there but i think you know just makes a good point analog weekly looks beautiful and if you consider that there's a real benefit to having your week sort of broad brush strokes week in front of you Uh, without having to open your calendar, um, then I think there's a real benefit to that. Now, Justin deals with this thorny problem by opening his notebook, or even if he's feeling really, really out there, he leaves it open. (gasps) Or you can have a beautiful landscape card which has a sort of week week to view in a little wooden holder next to your daily analog with your task list, and you can just place it under your monitor and it'll it'll look lovely. Now, for some people, that will be invaluable. For other people, well, could you do it in a notebook? I'm in a similar place to you, Justin, insofar as I've got a whole load of things that I'm experimenting with, which we'll get onto in a second. Um, And I'm, I'm, I'm wary or just, I suppose, burnt once or twice by the fact that I have a tendency to buy 11 productivity systems at the same time and then go, I can only use two of them. Mm -hmm. What do I do with the other nine? 
Um, generally, I hold them in reserve, and every time I get close to a panic attack, I just move into something new. But that's a different question. Anyway, ugmonk.com, some lovely, lovely stuff. If you want to sort of upgrade your desk, or you want to have a little look at uh, analog, uh, go take a look. Um, I don't know how long the sale is is running for, um, but you know, a general piece of advice I would give to you anyway is if you wouldn't buy it for the normal price, then don't buy it for the sale price. Yeah, this is a recurring system, so you will be buying it regularly as well for a lot of this stuff. For sure, for sure. Now, talking of recurring systems, that's my next one, which is uh, William Hanna. Um, uh, that's williamhanna.com. It's, uh, if you go to either stuartlannan.com or Nero's Notes, you will find um, a blog post that I've written um, because it was William Hanna that came to my rescue when I was having a little bit of a, uh, a moment trying to work out what the hell I was doing with myself. Uh, it's, first thing I would say, it's a disk system. All right, so um, I think in the States, people like Levinger do something like this. So if you think of a, um, a Filofax has rings, uh, a William Hanna has disks. So that means that you have a really convoluted punch system on the paper. Now, if you're going to buy your paper from someone who makes it uh, specifically for uh, this type of system, no problem. If you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you're Brad, if you're Brad Dowdy, and you want your own Tamari River uh, with its, you know, a special watermark, you can buy a punch for this. You can buy uh, disc punches that will turn any paper into disc paper. Personally, I think the road to madness lies that way: punching your own paper for a, for a planner. When I say planner, it's just a bit of leather with some discs in it. That's it. What I would say is it's gorgeous leather. So there's uh, leather, which has then got a felt lining, and you can choose the colours of both. So back in 2016, I'm going to say, um, I, I discovered uh, William Hanna and bought a couple of them. And they are absolutely gorgeous. The margin, the money-making, is that on top of these wonderful leather things, if you're not going to punch your own paper, then you are buying into, like analog, you are buying into a system. So if you want to use it as a planner, he has planner refills, both dated and undated. Now, the way he does it is great. So you order and you say which Monday in the year you want your planner to start. So you might buy 100 days starting on two Mondays, hence. And he will then have them specifically printed for you and send them out to you. If you want undated ones, of course, he'll send them immediately. I'm not interested particularly in having a planner because much though I love the idea of a planner, I never use it. I used it for work when I was, uh, when I was younger. I used to live in a, a thing called a day timer. Um, but now I just find that I don't need that level of detail and I've got digital tools that do that stuff better. It's really difficult to plan your calendar, to share your calendar from a planner. So I don't really use it for that. However, I have got back into journaling because one of the things I noticed was that I was not journaling at all anywhere. I just fell out of the habit. And I think that contributed to me sort of kind of losing myself a little bit. Um, and so I thought, okay, I want a really nice um, paper that I can write on with a nice fountain pen. I want it to be relatively open, but also I'd like some prompts. And he has some great intention 
type uh, prompts for for journaling. Um, his name, by the way, is David Round. Uh, he's a really nice guy. I've met him at several pen shows. We've had sort of, you know, tables next to each other. Um, but he's a, just an absolutely charming man. He's lovely. And if you have any uh, desire for one of these things, go and take a look at the website. Um, and you're not quite sure, just drop him an email. He's the most helpful man on the planet. And he is passionate about the mental health benefits of journaling. Uh, I cannot recommend this guy highly enough. But be warned, two things. One, it ain't cheap. And two, to see one is to want one. Yeah, you, you look at those covers and you think, oh, yeah, that's gorgeous. I mean, they are just gorgeous. I'm looking at a uh, whiskey yep. with an orange inside. Ah, my colors, just lovely. Mm-hmm. Whiskey leather on the outside, which is a, a sort of mottled brown. Lovely. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, 140 quid, but oof, what yep. could go wrong? Well, you know, it's the sort of thing that lasts forever. I've got a whiskey cover with a purple lining, um, and it's um, it's it's very soft leather, so it marks, uh, gets dented, um, it becomes very personal very quickly. Uh, he will um, he'll monogram it for you if you want, or you know, I mean, he'll write whatever you want on it for you. Um, but it is something that you'll keep for life, and then it's just a case of. Uh, you know, where you get your inserts, how you how you use the, the thing. But it's a beautiful, beautiful thing from a really nice company. The the I'll, I'll tell you a secret. William, that's his son. Hannah, that's his sister. That's where the name, his sister, his daughter. That's where the, the name comes from. Ah, okay. I was curious. Um, how was it writing on the discs though? Because they look like they would be in the way of my, of my hand moving around on the page. Yeah, I mean... Uh, they're less intrusive than the rings on a Filofax, um, but obviously more intrusive than um, just a notebook that doesn't have any any binders in it. If you saw, I mean, it's just a normal notebook. Got to say, looking at this one, I do have a very nice leather Filofax. It's very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. And nice, <laughs> nicely marked up, and you know, soft leather and all the rest of that. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Part part of me is like I, I haven't used it in years, but part of me is mm-hmm. like maybe I should try it again. Stu, you're terrible. I, no, I went through that exact process and I pulled out the Filofax as well. Um, and okay, the Filofax is I suppose there's more available for Filofax type binding, but uh, the paper sh- beep. <clears throat> Sorry, the paper's not very good, Mister Editor. Um, and and that's a real problem for me. You know, if you want to use big nibs, it's just it's just not going to work. See, I actually have a Filofax punch, so I could put yeah. my own um, paper in it, which makes it mm. infinitely much better for me. But yes, sure. I mean, let's throw money at it, Stu. Why not? <laughs> well, like I say, ha- ha- anybody that's thinking of a gift for someone, um, you know, you're, you're going to be you're going to be spending a couple of hundred bucks. So uh, this isn't for the guy you met at the pub six weeks ago, but um, for someone that you're close to who, who would use it, they are wonderful, wonderful things. Go take a look. Oh, very nice. All right, we'll throw to you now. What have, what have you got? Well, we'll, we'll kind of go with, I was thinking pens. Okay. Um, and one of the ones that you don't hear a lot about until you actually see one in person, Nakaya. Now, <gasps> they are some of the nicest pens to write with. Um, if you like Japanese nibs, I mean, Stu with his big nibs, um, even there, I think you can get some really, really nice uh, nibs out of them. Mm-hmm. But 
if there is any pen that is worthy of gifting to yourself or to someone who loves stationery, then it is an Akaya. Um, of course, these, uh, well, get a little expensive, but um, some things are just worth it. That's all I'm going to say. Some things are just worth it. Uh, you cannot go wrong with a standard Nakaya portable or a cigar. Um, they're done in Arushi. Um, they are just so light and they feel, they feel alive in your hand. Um, they're done over ebonite. Uh, so there's a certain, there's a certain hand feel to them that you don't get with a metal bodied pen. You know, you get, it is just so, so lovely. Uh, have you ever used one of these, Stu? I'm rabbiting on about how much I love it, but trying to explain something that is so tactile is not doing it a very good job. Have you ever seen one, used one, bought one? Uh, never bought one. I've held one. Um, I've not written with it because I was too scared of it at the time. <laughs> I, was, I was just getting back into fountain pens and at a pen show, um, I went and picked up a few. Um, and I think I probably told this story before. I, it's a guy called Sarge who turns up at the UK pen shows and many of the American ones too. Um, he's, uh, he's, uh, of Indian extraction as in the subcontinent of India. And, uh, I, I picked up this pen and looked at it and was like, wow, this is, this just looks amazing. And I was looking at the nib and I asked him how much it was. And he said, 25,000 pounds. And I very, very carefully put it down and backed away from it. Um, I, I don't mind throwing, throwing, <clears throat> throwing money at a problem, but that was probably more than I was intending to spend, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. They are a gorgeous look. And I'm, you know, I suppose the way I would caveat your, uh, your recommendation there is um, I think it needs to be someone who knows that they want a Nakaya. Um, you, you don't want to sort of just land that on someone and go, oh, you'll love it. <laughs> you need, they, they need to know that they're what sort of nib, et cetera, et cetera. That's probably a planned purchase, I think, isn't it? Well, this is more for um, giving your your loved ones a list of, yeah. this is the one I'd like, and <laughs> here's my handwriting analysis. So one, th one thing, if you actually order from Nakai, you can, you can order off the shelf, uh -huh. but they actually tune your nib for you. Um, and it includes, there's a huge questionnaire. You write left-handed, do you write with firm pressure, soft pressure? What angle do you write at? What, uh, uh, you know, what, what angle do you hold your wrist at? You go through this entire questionnaire. Um, they sent me this pen that was so well set up. It was absolutely amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, don't let Stu's uh, 25,000 scale off. I mean, these... <laughs> no, they're not all that much. These start at uh, $650, $700 US. Yeah. They're not cheap, but if you're looking for something special, um, I think Stu and I are both in that. We talked about it a little bit the other week. The moment of, I just don't want any steel nib pens anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I want pens that are going to be special to me that I enjoy using. This is one of those. And now uh, Christmas is a good time to buy one for yourself. But there you go. Very good. And... What you need, if you're going to buy something at Christmas, you need a diary, okay? Now, there's a, there's a stew tradition is that I buy a diary every year, um, and by January, it's, it's a bit like going to the gym, you know? It, it's all over by January. Uh, so I've, I've got a couple of, of guides for you. The first one is um, Smithson. We've mentioned this many times on, on the podcast. You, you've noticed that none of these are in those. Uh, Smithson, 
absolutely gorgeous. Wonderful, wonderful paper. Um, very classic British look and feel to these things. Um, th these things ooze class, right? These are the books the aristocrats are using. Um, and when you see the prices, you'll understand why. Um, so you can, <laughs> you can comfortably spend five, $600 on a, on a diary. Um, they are absolutely lovely. They have them in all shapes and sizes. If you want a, you know, a big desk one, then as I say, be prepared to spend uh, 500 plus dollars. But if you're looking for a little pocket diary, they have wonderful ones and they are fancy pen friendly. The paper they use is very, very good and mostly blue, which I think is to be applauded. We all need a little bit of blue. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, if you don't fancy that and you're feeling a little bit corporate Cobra, then this is the one that I always used to go for was the Economist Diary. Now, the classic Economist Diary is the page per day. Um, it is massive. It's, uh, it looks like something out of a Dickens tale. Um, and you, because it's, uh, it's got this sort of double, double coil binding, it lays very flat and therefore writes very well. The paper is not as good as Smithson. It will handle pens, it'll have no problem with any of Justin's, but struggles with, you know, big inky boys like I use. It can get a little bit feathery. Um, it's full of absolutely vital information, which I guarantee you will never, ever use or need. But if you need to know what the population of Senegal is and the GDP, there it is. It's in the information pages for you. Um, and it's for, you know, uh, the, the kings of the world, those that are going to take over everything, bye-bye, uh, sell-sell, all of that stuff, get yourself an economist diary. Uh, much cheaper than Smithson. Still pretty chunky, pretty chunky. Again, if you're going to buy one, you can buy one in any color you like, as long as it's red. They do sell them in black and blue, but Economist Diaries are red. It's the law. What about you, Justin? All right. So the next thing I was thinking of was if you're looking for something to carry and protect your stationery, if you're one of these people that leaves a house, unlike myself, uh, some of the most gorgeous, gorgeous products out there are from a company called superior labor uh, it's a japanese company that makes just gorgeous leather uh, goods from uh, pen rolls and pen cases to uh, notebook covers uh, utility cases you name it i have well more of these than i should ever admit to on a podcast that my wife might listen to uh, assuming she hasn't killed me for the previously uh, bad comment that I made about the Christmas lights. <laughs> um, these are absolutely gorgeous. There's a place in Canada that I get them called Wonder Pens. I'm sure most of you that listen to Stationery have heard of Wonder Pens uh, out of Toronto. Just fantastic stuff. Again, not particularly cheap, but the quality of these is is just amazing. They're just, you know, you can, f you can sit and, and feel... Short of a beret, putting this in your hand is perhaps the most um, writer-friendly feeling that you'll ever have in your life. I'm going to write. You take this down to a coffee shop with a little tag that hangs off it and everything, a pen tucked in, your, your big juicy Nakaya. Oh, you're going to feel like a writer. You know, <laughs> uh, Steinbeck's got nothing on you on this one. Lovely. I do like a good leather satchel. I've got far too many of them. <clears throat> 
Um, what was I going to hit you with now? Oh, yes, yeah, some 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 inky stuff for me and even a pen or two. So um, I've just ordered this. So I was writing the show notes away. Hmm, that's a good idea. And went and bought it. So um, this is, Justin mentioned it uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, Mont Blanc Ink. Uh, Mont Blanc Ink is lovely. It's very reliable. Um, and uh, I, perhaps surprisingly, is not top-end price-wise. So I love Mont Blanc Inc. I love um, Pilot's, Pilot Iroshizuku. And Iroshizuku is significantly more expensive than Mont Blanc. Um, it's not quite double, but getting that. Um, so the, the shoe bottle, um, you have to see it to believe it, really. That is so designed by Mont Blanc that when you are running low on ink in the bottle, you can pour it all into a well at the end of the bottle. So you sort of tip the bottle uh, and then you've got enough ink in that little well to fill your pens. So it's very, very clever. Uh, they've got some great colours. And as Justin said the other week, they are absolutely reliable. You, you can use them as a benchmark ink. You know, if your Mont Blanc, insert favourite colour here, goes well on the paper, then you know that it's good paper and it's paper that suits you and your pens and, and inks. Um, also their cartridges are absolutely fantastic as well. You know, just little cartridges. So I have quite a lot of pocket pens, Kawekos and things. Um, and I've just gone off and ordered, I don't know, six different colors of cartridge packs. Um, very, very nice, not that expensive. And I can't think of anybody I know who uses proper fountain pens, who's got a problem with a Mont Blanc ink. They're just nice. It's uh, it's my go-to ink. If I need to try a pen that I'm not aware of, uh, I'll try Mont Blanc. I know it's going to write perfectly. And value for money, though the prices have gone up. Um, yep. If you're in North America, Stu's got a link in here for uh, cult pens. Go to Mont Blanc themselves. Sure. They're actually really good shipping. Um, their, their experience is, well, it comes in this beautiful box and it's tied in ribbon and oh, it's it's lovely. Yep. And if you're ever lucky enough to to want to buy a Mont Blanc pen, um, again, I would really recommend uh, making the pilgrimage to a Mont Blanc boutique uh, in a city near you. Um, there, you know, there aren't millions of them, and this is no disrespect to to the retailers around the world, but uh, the experience that you get in Mont Blanc is it's it's kind of like the Apple experience. You're, you're going to get looked after. Apple experience in a three piece suit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They are gonna they're gonna tune the nib for you. They're gonna let you try different nibs, different inks. Um and once you're a Mont Blanc, once you own a Mont Blanc, um I've I've taken my pens into a boutique and had nibs changed and said, okay, I'd like this in a abroad and that in amber. And you know, they will do that for you. Again, not as expensive as you might think. And the workmanship is second to none. A Mont Blanc nib is a thing of great beauty. Um and you get really well looked after. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll have to talk about your ink when it arrives. Uh, indeed. Well, we will. Um, what else? Uh, again, from Cult Pens, I was looking at Cult Pens. This is a pen that I uh, I had a little look at. It's um, it's a gold-nibbed Pelican. So uh, it's the M605. So that's like a medium-sized pen. Um, it's, I suppose, a little bit fatter than a, than a Sailor Pro Gear Slim. It's more like a Sailor Pro Gear. Uh, really nice. Uh, this is a uh, green and white special, which would appeal to me for all sorts of um, uh, footballing sort of allegiance reasons. Um, and it comes with uh, its own bottle. Oh, no, I'm thinking of something, something else. Sorry, I'm thinking of the next one. Whoops. Um, 
it's discounted at the moment at Kelp Pens. So it's a really, really good price. Uh, Kelp Pens does really good shipping too. Uh, it's a really, really good price to get in on a 605. Although you can find standard 605s at pretty good prices or 600s. Okay, the 05, I mentioned this before, it's just the color of the furniture. So it's a chrome furniture rather than a gold furniture. 600 is gold, 605 is chrome. Uh, but really, really nice. Uh, lovely pen. If you're into your really fine nibs, Pelican is never really going to work for you. So a fine Pelican is probably going to be like, a, I guess, a medium pilot, something like that. Uh, there is a difference. Very much so. Very nice pen, so very nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. Um, I was going to throw in there. If you want an affordable pen, because, you know, we're we're kind of throwing out some big uh, names here. Uh, Leonardo pens. Leonardo Aficiana Italiana. Is that, uh, how am I doing on the pronunciation there, Stu? Well, listen, you're getting 10 out of 10 for trying. Uh, Leonardo Aficiana Italiana. Sure, something like that. I th that's kind of what I said, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, uh, beautiful, beautiful pens. These, uh, again, great to feel. They're kind of a classic, almost Pelican design. They've got that same sort of language to them for a lot of them. But, uh, uh, you know, you can get some relatively inexpensive uh, steel nibs. So if you want something that you're gifting, this might be an option for you. Absolutely. And you've got one that is... A little more of a splurge coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, look, everybody, if you listen to The Pen Addict, and I'm sure lots of our guys do, um, you will have heard lots and lots of talk about the uh, the Pro Gear Slims. Um, you know, Mike Curley's a huge fan. Brad loves them. Um, and they are lovely, lovely pens. They're Japanese, very, very well made, great nibs. Um, and this one that I've picked out is a, is a special deal. So it's on... Uh, it's coming up for me in euros because I'm in Europe, obviously, but uh, about 240 euros. Um, so that's going to be, I'm guessing, $260, something like that. Um, uh, this is a demonstrator version. So it's called the Sailor Professional Gear Slim Manio 2 Fountain Pen Wisteria uh, with a 14K, uh, 14 karat gold nib. Uh, and it also comes with 50 mil of Fuji ink which is one of the things that sort of made me think, oh, that's a pretty good value because Sailor Ink uh, is not cheap, I have to say. It's very nice. But it's not Definitely cheap. not lately. Um, it's a lovely pen. If you if you haven't tried um, a, a Pro Gear, then you should. I'm. We went through this when I when I bought one the other day. I'm more of a fan of the Sailor Pro Gear, no suffix, um, but the Sailor Pro Gear Slim is much more fashionable, I think. They sell more of it and so they make more of it. Um, but again, uh, if you look at the, the great American sites, I suppose, you know, Penn Chalet, Goulet, Anderson Pens, these guys will have um, deals going on Sailor Pro Gears as well. Um, take a look. If you, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful pen to write with a sailor. Oh, very nice, too. Very nice. All right. I threw in a bag. Italian leather bags. There is a, a Canadian company called Roots that make... Uh, absolutely gorgeous messenger bags, satchels. Mm -hmm. um, their leather is just so soft. Um, you know, we're we're back to the uh, William Hanna for mm -hmm. just a beautiful leather. Imagine that, but a bag. 
Um, I have several of these, including a laptop bag and a messenger bag that all of my stationery goes into. So if I'm going out, I throw everything into a little uh, messenger bag that I have uh, and uh, fold it over. And oh, yes, uh, again, it's just the writer's dream, a stationery bag. Very nice. I, I mean, link in the show notes. Not cheap again, but yeps. No, <laughs> leather. Yeah, it isn't, is it? All right, Stu. Anything else you got? Uh, we, okay. So, uh, nice and easy one. Uh, this is this is from the United States, um, but we sell it at Nero's, which is why there's a Nero's link. Uh, it's the Lockby Quattro pen case. So, um, my commute, as everybody knows, is huge. Um, I go up a flight of stairs to to go home, and I come down a flight of stairs to go to the office. Um, but certainly of late, when I've been under it, uh, I've been I've been taking a bag. Uh, not quite Justin's gorgeous sort of leather messenger, but I do have a, um, oh, I can't remember who it's made by, but it's an Australian sort of baby-sized messenger. And it fits my um, MacBook Air, uh, a couple of notebooks, and for my pens, the Lockby Quattro pen case. Uh, it's a really simple uh, zip-up canvas pen case, comes in three colours, brown, black, and blue. Um and it just keeps your pen safe. And I suppose importantly, if you are in your, you know, <clears throat> rather expensive leather satchel, uh, any any ink problems will be re sort of restrained by the by the the lockbee. Uh, you won't ruin your leather. You'll just ruin your lockbee. And it's you know, much more competitively priced. You can certainly find it in the states. You can find it at uh, lockbee.com, I think, um, and probably some some good pen retailers too. Um, and if you're in Europe, you can you can swing by us and get it. Uh, really, really nice. They've got some really nice journal covers too. They have a thing called a venture pouch, which is pretty cool, and a tool roll, uh, not for tools but for pens. Mm -hmm. I think I have all of those. Uh, the little <laughs> Quattro case is actually perfect. That's what I use when I'm going in the camper. Yep. Four pens is just enough to take for a weekend. Well, it's enough. It's enough for an evening for me. <laughs> Well, yes, but you, I don't want to ink up extra pens to take. Uh, but yeah, it's perfect. Really nice choice. All right. Uh, last one I have is if you are in a place that has it and you want to give somebody a, well, a wonderful gift, you know, a housewarming gift or a party gift, uh, check out some BC wine. Um, I'm looking forward to this light up event is there's a part of it called light up the vines where all of the vineyards who are closed for the season open up and you can drive around and uh, do festive wine tasting between now and Christmas, which is absolutely lovely. Um, you know, most places have fires and Christmas lights and uh, it's just very, very festive. So I throw that in. There's a link to Wine BC, shows you some of the better wines that we've got, some stuff that we do. There's lots of it from around here. And you might even be able to get some in your neck of the woods as well. Any takeaways, Stu? Uh, takeaways for me. Um, okay, well, uh, this is counterintuitive for a retailer, but before you hit pay now, I appreciate that, you know, November, December is exciting times, buy lots and lots of stuff. Uh, Justin and I have both hinted at it today. <laughs> Open your drawer. Okay, I'm looking for a way to journal. You, you must understand that I'm surrounded by notebooks, even though I don't live with the stock anymore. Somehow or other, quite a lot of it finds its way to me. So I have notebooks. I am not short of notebooks. I'm not short of notebook covers or any stationery. And 
So before jumping on and saying, oh, this is the perfect journal for me, have a look, see what you've got. Is there something you haven't used for a long time because, you know, you bought it for something else, it didn't quite fit, would it now fit? Um, have a look at what you've got. Have a look at what's in your pen drawer. You know, do you need to clean that pen out, maybe fill it with something else? Do you need to go back to that old favourite, see what that's like? All of these things, you know, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, Titleist Tuesday, Willy Willy Wednesday, whatever this nonsense is called, just go for a walk instead. Okay, don't 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 be pulled in. This is marketing stuff. We don't do any of these promotions at Nero's Notes because I just feel really uncomfortable with it. I just I just don't like it. Um, I'd like people to come and buy things throughout the year when they when they need them when they fancy them. I don't want to try and tempt them in with prices. I think that's I, it's, it's not my style. But yeah, have a look at what you've got, and then. If there isn't what you need and you can go out there and you you have the the money and the means, have a look and buy yourself something beautiful. Why not? That, I think, is my takeaway, too. Find the beauty. Find something you really, really want. I was looking at, you know, my stationery the other day and realizing that there's a lot of stuff I just bought because it was new and hot at the time um, and that may not bring me the pleasure that I certainly wish it would. You know, something like the Nakaya that I just feel so amazing in my hand. Some of the Leonardo's, the Mont Blanc that just writes beautifully. Find something that truly brings you love, um, brings you joy to use it. Um, less is more, even though you might pay for more as we have shown you some expensive tastes. But you know what? Invest in quality tools and you only need one. Yeah, good advice. Good advice. I mean, I, we, we both speak as people who sometimes feel a little bit guilty when we look at the amount of things that we have sitting in drawers unused or underused. Mm. All right, Sue, where can people find you on the internet this week? Are you, uh, you're going to be submitting essays out on your blog? <laughs> well, I will. Um, undoubtedly, I'll find uh, something to talk about because it's me. That's what I do. Uh, so you can find that at stuartlandon.com. Um, the last article up there as we record will be the one that I mentioned about uh, the journaling. Um, you can email me at hello at stuartlandon.com if you want. Uh, you can find me on X, previously known as Twitter, um, at 4left187. Uh, Nice, catchy name. Uh, it's a golf thing, you know. The 187, pff, no idea where that came from. Uh, or you can find, if you're interested in anti-money laundering, and why wouldn't you be after all, is uh, www.limeconsulting.com. Or, of course, for wonderful station, we go to nerosnotes.co.uk. Uh, both of those companies have all the social jazz and et cetera and all the places you might expect to find it. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Ah, uh, been so busy. I've not been on the internet much. You can find links to both of us at stationery adjacent. You can find links to the show notes there. And you can also find links to my personal website, justintwyford.com. Please drop us an email at stationeryadjacent.gmail.com if you have any thoughts or comments. All right. Our next topic is going to be Stu's new journaling. I'm not sure what that one is. Next week. <laughs> Well, it's the thing I trailed, so I, I just uh, I just put that there. I sort of mentioned it, and I don't want to leave people hanging. So, just talk through uh, what I'm doing because I'm I'm well into it, and it's having a huge impact. And I know you do a bit too. Cool. I can't wait to talk to you about that next week. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us. <laughs>